ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all fantasy football lovers, welcome to Fantasy Fever with me, Marcus Hemingway. And you can find me on Twitter at hey underscore underscore mh. You can also find my affiliate, the DMV Sports Network, on Twitter as well at DMV underscore SN. As well, check out some da- some of the daily content on DMVSportsNetwork.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button too on whatever podcast platform that you're using today. And another thing that I want to start up, you guys can send me questions on at on my Twitter account. So it's going to be at hey underscore underscore mh um, for those of us who need to know how to spell that. It's going to be h e y underscore underscore mh. Please send me questions. Um, you can also send me questions to my email. My email is going to be JaniceFuse, J-A-N-U-S-V as in Victor, I-E-W-S at gmail.com. Send me questions. We'll get them on the air. <laughs> Not quite on the air, but um, we'll get we'll get the questions that you have for me on the podcast. And you can ask me anything you want to ask me. Um, if you want to go personal questions, I don't care. You can definitely ask me personal questions. If you want to ask fantasy football questions, you can ask those. Uh, just basic football knowledge questions, definitely ask me that too. Um, definitely use uh, any of those two platforms that I ask you, either my email or my Twitter account. And last but not least, check out some of the other podcasts that's on um, the DMB Sports Network. Have some really good sport, some really good sports podcasts going on on there. Uh, one of the ones I actually listened to um, today was uh, the "It's About Time DC." Um, and these guys are crazy. Nate and Josh, two of the most honest guys I've ever listened to on a podcast. Um, and, um, this week's episode was about is actually titled "Monday Night Massacre." I'm sure if you guys. Um, was tuned in to Monday Night Football. You saw the massacre that they, they're going to be talking about. They also have some um, interesting talks about being stuck in the Everglades um, while hunting. So uh, check those guys out. It's a really good podcast. And they talk about uh, the Capitals as well, the Washington Capitals as well. So check those guys out as well as any other podcast that's available on the DMV Sports Network. All right. It's time for Just My Thoughts. So first off, I'm going to talk about um, gut-wrenching losses, horrible losses, not horrible bosses, but horrible losses in fantasy football. So this week I had two games where I I was I had a chance to win. I, I should have won. Um, so Monday night I had uh, Will Lutz playing New England Saints. I'm sorry, New England. New, New Orleans Saints kicker. He was kicking for me on Monday. First of all, he missed the kick, uh, extra point. And second of all, the uh, 
the Saints decided they wanted to take the air out of the ball in the fourth in the at the uh, fourth quarter in the last two minutes of the game. At this point, you're already blowing the Redskins out. Why not add three more points? So I, I'm just happy as anybody. I'm like, yes, they're gonna kick this field goal, and everything is gonna be good. I'm gonna be up by a point. And instead, they they clocked the ball. I clocked the ball, but drowned the clock, and I ended up losing by one point. So losses like this are gonna happen. And they hurt, but you just got to keep going. Um, it, it was a horrible loss. I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. It was a terrible loss. It was a match I shouldn't have lost. Um, this person had guys with um, guys that was on bye weeks, which I'll talk to a little bit more about in a second here. This person had guys on bye week, had a tight end that was out for the season, and and I lost to this person. So I, it, it wasn't much I could really say, but damn, how did that, how did that happen? So I, I'm not going to say the other word I said when I saw it the, the morning after, but that's, that's what it was. Another instance this week that I had in one of my other leagues, I had a match where, uh, I don't know if anybody else has dealt with this with ESPN leagues. Uh, I, I do this thing with overnight adjustments to the scores or whatever. I mean, I've seen the the adjustments during the week after um, the week after after the game. So like if it was a stat era where somebody didn't get an extra yard or something like that and they were at 299 but they really had 300 yards. I've seen that stat adjustment. But I've never seen an overnight adjustment and this is what happened. I was up 106 to 98 against an opponent, and I went to bed up 106 to 98, and then I came back and I was down 112 to 106. Well, everything was good. I was I was okay with that. I mean, it was it was it was kind of fucked up that you know uh, they did the adjustments on me. But then I, I wasn't really I wasn't really tripping about it. I mean I had Adrian Peterson who was gonna be playing that night and all I needed is a couple yards to, to get with to get a couple of points and Adrian Peterson went out there, he was he was balling, he had a nice little catch, he was having a decent little first qu- first quarter, and then he went out there and injured his shoulder. So at th- at this point I'm like, come on. Come on, you, you you can't be hurt. I mean, I, I was hoping he was okay and everything, and, and he actually is okay. He just has a strained shoulder joint. But at this point, I knew I was gonna lose, so I'm 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 pissed. I'm like, come on, man. I mean, I mean, this is this is taking me from three and two to two and three, which is you know that's not the type of loss you want. But that's the type of loss I got this week. And this is going to happen. I'd rather it happen now versus a game where I'm trying to get into the playoffs or a, or a game where I'm trying to win a playoff game or a championship game. I'd rather it happen now versus then. So 
you just have to deal with it, roll with the punches, and come back next week and kick some ass. As I alluded to earlier, I was saying something about bye weeks, but um, this is something that I, I want to tell you guys about. Uh, next week starts to the time of the year when multiple teams will have bye weeks. Uh, the first couple bye weeks, which is week four, five, and this week, there was only two teams on bye weeks. This week or next week and the following weeks, you're going to have four or more teams on bye weeks. So you don't want to be one of these players who get caught with their pants down and have a whole roster on a bye week. So look at your look at your roster and and say, okay, in week so and so, I'm gonna need an extra player here, here, and here. You know, it's it's a lot of player fantasy players out there who will go out and draft the whole New England Patriots roster. I have somebody in my league who did that. Um, needless to say, that that person is actually zero and five. Um, you just can't you can't do that if you want to sustain a, a winning culture in fantasy football. It's just not sustainable, actually. So you you want to make sure that you are have an understanding of when your bye weeks are. And if you don't know how to figure that out. Um, you can go to your fantasy league or your fantasy platform that you use, which is either ESPN or Yahoo, and you can go on there, look at the player, and scroll to the right, and it says something on there like bye weeks. So a lot, I think the New England Patriots bye week is week 11. So keep an eye on when your teams have bye weeks. It, this this could be extremely bad for you if you have an important matchup with with uh to be number one in the league. You have a matchup where you, your team is four and one, your opponent's team is four and one, and you guys are playing to get to number one. But you have a whole bunch of players on bye week, so this is why I'm telling you: make sure you're aware of when the bye weeks are. And when your team's bye weeks are, like I, I had O.J. Howard, and I think um, Cameron Brait was a part of my weekly waiver wire pickups last week. And if you read my weekly waiver wire pickups, I did say the Tampa Bay Bucks are on a bye week this week. So it's not extremely important that you pick up Cameron Brait this week. But you want to make sure you get them on your roster, especially if you lost O.J. Howard at your tight end. So I, I, I like to make sure that you understand bye weeks can hurt your team. Okay? So don't get caught with your pants down. Um, that's actually the name of this episode. Don't get caught with your pants down with weekly bye weeks. I wanted to remind you guys to uh, check out the DMVSportsNetwork.com um, for all DMV and DC related sports. There's the Washington Redskins, Washington Capitals, Baltimore Ravens, any DC sports you can imagine. These guys got it. So make sure you check out the dmvsportsnetwork.com. And if you're interested in writing for the DMV Sports Network, 
shoot a direct message over to Twitter handle DMV underscore SN. Or if you just want to show some love, we'll accept that as well. But thank you for tuning in to another DMV DMV Sports Network affiliate podcast. Now, back to Fantasy Fever with Marcus Hemingway. So, this week and waiver wire pickups, I hope that you had an opportunity to check out my waiver wire pickups on the dmvsportsnetwork.com. Uh, this week, it's it was kind of slim pickings, but with the late news on Monday that Jay Ajahi tore his ACL and will not be returning this season, the Philadelphia Eagles immediately had two players that joined my waiver wire pickups for the week. So Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood. And you can also throw Darren Sproles in there. These guys are likely to have a running back by committee uh, backfield going on because neither one neither one of these guys is going to be an every down back and neither one of these guys is going to be a back that you want to have start 17 games for you in the NFL. So, but the closest I personally think that's going to be close to ready is going to be Corey Clement, who was actually dealing with a bit of a quad injury um, the last couple of weeks. But he's going to be back this week. I go first trying to pick him up this week. If you had an opportunity to pick him up, I'd probably start him because he's coming off a, the Eagles are coming off a short week and they're playing Thursday night football. And the good thing about that is Corey Clement didn't play this past week because he was dealing with that injury. So he's going to be fresh and and ready to go. And Wendell Smallwood, he's going to have a nice little small role carved out and ready to play. Last time these guys had an opportunity to dominate the backfield together, Corey Corey Clement led the backfield with 43 snaps versus Wendell Smallwood's 20. So I would go for Corey Clement if if he is 100% healthy this week. And that's another thing to look at when you when you pick either of these two guys up, look for the Philadelphia Eagles to be active in the trade market um for a running back this um before the trade deadline on October 30th. They restructured Fletcher Cox's contract. <laughs> I was trying to say, I was going to say Fletcher Cox's, uh, yeah, they, I don't really know how to say that, but it's Fletcher Cox, they re- restructured his contract on Monday, uh, a little after they announced that Jay Ajahi won't return this season. So, um, that's something to keep an eye on. They may trade for one of these running backs. Like I said, they got Le'Veon Bell. That the Steelers are possibly trying to trade away. LaShawn McCoy, they inquired about him. Who knows if the Buffalo Bills will give him away. They should because, let's, let's be honest, 
they're not gonna go to the playoffs. They're not gonna they're not gonna get close to the playoffs. If you look at my 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 weekly must have players, it's always defenses that's playing the Buffalo Bills. And last week I think I picked Tennessee to be a must have defense, but deep down inside I I thought Tennessee was gonna Tennessee. And and that's exactly what they did. They came out there and crapped crapped up. So um, just uh, just keep an eye on the the waiver not the waiver wire the uh, trade market for the um, Philadelphia Eagles. Another player that I liked this week in my waiver wire pickups was Greg Olson. This may be a week too early, maybe a week late, but players, uh, fantasy players everywhere dropped Greg Olson early in the season when he got hurt and he hurt, re-hurt his foot. And he's been practicing these last two weeks. He was um, limited again today in practice. So uh, take a look on your waiver wire. He may still be available. Um, I'm not going to sit up here and talk about what Greg Olson can do. We all know that's one of Cam Newton's favorite targets because he doesn't too much like to go downfield unless it's going to be Greg Olson he's throwing to. Let's face it, he doesn't really have many downfield wide receivers on that team. Devin Funches, eh, played tight end in college, not really a downfield type of guy. He can win some of the battles. I'd say he's like a five yards and in type of receiver he's not going to be the straight go type of receiver and jump up and get a jump ball so unless it's a five yard pass in the end zone i i personally wouldn't look Funches way if i was a quarterback but greg olson cam newton loves greg olson and cam newton also loves a little short the 20 uh, under 20 yard passes to his running back or tight end so look for Greg Olson who should still definitely be on your waiver wires and he is he is a baller Um, a a report did come out that um, that he he's more than likely gonna need surgery after the season but he's been trying to he's been trying to practice so be aware of that when you are actually looking to go pick him up and as crappy as the tight end field this year is, um, I I take anybody that I think is gonna have some kind of impact on their team. Like um, also two other tight ends that I like are uh, Mike Jasicki, Jasicki. I probably butch butchered that name, but um, I I liked him at Penn State last year. And he was really good. He was probably the number one receiver at Penn State. But I liked him a lot last year. And he's um, he's starting to get more opportunities in the um, in the Miami offense. But it's all uh, it's all about Ryan Tannehill and Adam Gase um, building an offense and opportunities for him. So if if he can continue to get better, he's going to be a good pickup by the end of the year. Or if you're in a deep dynasty league or a dynasty league, you should definitely look for Jasicki to either sit on your bench or groom him for next year because he's he's going to be a good receiver coming coming soon. 
and uh, another tight end. I, I've kind of been tight end, tight end dominant the last two weeks, but um, Jeff Swain for the Dallas Cowboys. I actually waited last week to not put him on on the we, the waiver wire pickups because I wanted to see what he was gonna do in this uh, against Houston. And he didn't disappoint. He had three receptions for 55 yards, and it looks like Dak is actually looking his way. And Dak's very similar to Cam Newton. He's not trying to go down the field with the ball. He doesn't want to take many chances. I don't know if that's the it's an offensive coordinator thing or if that's just a Dak thing. He's looking for Zeke, and he's actually been looking for Swain the last couple weeks. So I I personally think he is going to be a really good pickup for the Cowboys and he's going to do well. Uh, la- however, this week he's, he's the Cowboys draw the, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I wouldn't recommend starting him this week. I do recommend rostering him and holding him into, until they have a good matchup and the Cowboys schedule loosen up a little bit for them here in the coming weeks so look for Jeff Swain at that um, tight end position and last but not least uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling uh, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers he uh, he got an opportunity to start last week with Geronimo Allison out and Randall Cobb was also out so he got an opportunity, and he didn't disappoint. He came in with 10 targets, 7 receptions, and a touchdown. And um, Aaron Rodgers is, is going to be throwing more than he's going to be handing the ball off. So if he's in the game, I personally think Valdez Scantling is going to be a, a wide receiver too um, to Devontae Adams' wide receiver 1 status. Uh, it looks like Aaron likes to throw his way. I mean, the guy had 10 targets. Uh, with that said, the Green Bay Packers were down a habitual amount against the Detroit Lions on Sunday. So they had to throw the ball. That may be one thing, but I, that's just how that offense is. It's a very Aaron Rodgers uh, innovated offense. So if if uh, Randall Cobb or Geronimo Allison are out again this week. Um, look for Valdez Scout Scantling to have a good another good week this week. I, if uh, one of those two players play, either Cobb or Geronimo Allison, I'd rate them to a wide receiver three. But if neither plays, uh, Valdez Scantling is going to be a wide receiver two for the Green Bay Packers. Um, a couple of players you. In deep, deep leagues, uh, Derek Willies, Cleveland Bounds, wide receiver, as well as David Mar- Moore for the Seattle Seahawks. Who, uh, looks like they, they only gave Brandon Marshall five snaps last week, so I don't see uh, the Seahawks. The Seahawks have kind of actually went to a run-based offense. So, I mean, I wouldn't really go out and spend a waiver wire pick on David Moore quite yet, but he's he's coming along. He's had a good couple weeks. He actually had a really good training camp. A lot of people were talking about him in training camp, but um, this is the NFL season. It's not quite training camp. Um, 
So just keep an eye on him, especially if Baldwin is still hurt from that knee injury. They mean they may need some guys to step up and and play for them. Um, Austin Eckler, uh, he's had a really good season for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, he's he's probably one of the top handcuffs in the league right now for Melvin Gordon. Um, he's not he's not a bruiser back. He's going to be kind of like a Danny Woodhead type back. And if you need a handcuff or if you need a decent running back that could possibly score, I'd go for Austin Eckler in deeper leagues. He's had a receiving touchdown in the last two games and, and long touchdowns at that. It, I mean, Phil Rivers is throwing the ball up to this kid. So he's looking his way. And Phillip Rivers likes him. So definitely look for Austin Eckler running back for the Los Angeles Chargers to have an impact and even have an even bigger impact if Melvin Gordon was to go down in any sort with any kind of injury. And that is my waiver wire pickups for week six. I'm going to cut things a little short this week. Um, feel free to tell me how I'm doing again. Um, use my email address, JaniceViews at gmail.com, or, or tweet me. Um, shoot me a message on Twitter asking me questions about fantasy football. Also, I've actually been putting up the weekly inactives on Sunday morning, so definitely check that out and make sure your teams are up to date. Um, again, on my Twitter account, it's hey underscore underscore mh. And please subscribe to any podcast that that's affiliated with the DMV Sports Network. Um, like I say, one of my favorites that I listened to today. It's about time, DC. Please subscribe to these guys. Subscribe to my my podcast and continue to enjoy. Before you go, a couple of uh, sleeper players that I like this week. Um, Julian Edelman, he's not really a sleeper. But um, the way I look at it, for for any team to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to have to keep that offense off the field. And that's what you do with any great offense. Uh, New England has done it in the past with uh, – or teams have done it to New England in the past uh, – the Jacksonville Jaguars did a great job at it in the playoffs last year, and then they went to a whole different type of offense in the second half. I don't really know what, but I, Blake Bortles just nutted up in the second half, and that's just point blank period. But this is um, this is what you have to do to keep any great offense off the field is basically play keep away, and I think with the New England Patriots on. Sunday, they're going to basically go in and try to uh, pick pick apart the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they can score on them with no, with no problem, but what they're going to do is gonna, they're going to go down the field with little five-yard passes, little two, three-yard, two to three, five-yard running plays all the way down the field. So look for that time at the end of the game. Look for that time of possession to be hugely in New England's favor. But this is going to be really good for Julian Edelman because it's going to be a 
catch the ball, get a first down, and get down type of thing. And that's and that's Julian Edelman's game. If you saw his first game back uh, last week against the Colts, I want to say he had like seven receptions for 52 yards. But, I mean, seven receptions on your first game back off of ACL injury is crazy. So look for a lot of Julian Edelman this week. Also, I, I think you should look at the Jordan Howard situation. I personally think Jordan Howard is going to have a good game because of the fact that uh, Matt Nagy, Coach Nagy has, has the answer for not premiering him in his offense the last time the Chicago Bears played. And I think that he's going to make sure Jordan Howard gets his carries this week. Another player, uh, tight end Uzuma. I probably butchered that name. If you looked at my, I want to say I actually put Tyler Croft on my uh, weekly waiver wire pickups uh, last week. Um, however, it looks like Uzuma is going to be the next tight end in line to to start for the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, if you want a little tidbit, any team that plays the Pittsburgh Steelers, whoever their tight end is, no matter who it is, if you see me out there playing tight end against the Pittsburgh Steelers, pick me up off the waiver wire. You can drop me at after after we play the Steelers, but pick me up and pick pick anybody up, any tight end that you see play the Pittsburgh Steelers up. Because he's going to have a field day. Austin Hooper had nine receptions last week against the Steelers. I mean, their front end is actually really good. The front line, the Steelers' front line is really good. But once you get beyond that, the the Steelers can't guard anybody. So that's um that's a that's the tight end I like this week. Um. I really like this uh, Kansas City and New England matchup. It's it's going to be an interesting game to see two good offenses. It's going to be interesting to see what the follow-up for Josh Gordon is to um, last week's touchdown game. It's it's you know it's going to be some good stuff to see this week and see what how the NFL is going to or not the NFL but how the Patriots are going to handle the the insane offense for the Kansas City Chiefs I personally think Bill once again Bill Belichick will have a nice little game plan that nobody would be prepared for and he's gonna kind of slow down that Chiefs offense you know Bill's been doing this for a long time and and he uh, he has he has a couple answers out there for teams who who want to claim that they're the new king of the king of the land and at the end of the day the Patriots are still are still that that franchise that can come out and and bust your ass week in and week out so don't don't sleep on the Patriots um in the daytime a couple games that I like uh games that always suck to me are the uh London games and this week, uh, the Raiders are going to be in that game against the Seahawks. That's going to be the London game this week. I, I don't. But some of the games are good, but a lot of the times these games are just blowouts. Teams come out flat, so I don't really know what to say about that game. It's just beware. Um, 
I think the Seahawks will come out and continue to run the ball like they've been doing the last couple weeks. I've heard a little rumblings out there about Russell Wilson having a hamstring injury or something along those lines, but um, which is the reason why they've been running the ball the last couple weeks. They actually did a really good job against the Los Angeles Rams. They just didn't have enough in the tank at the end of the game to, to finish it off. Um, in that late slot, it's not really many great games this week, especially... Let's see, in the late slot, Cowboys and Jaguars is probably the better game in the late slot. I mean, you got Rams and Broncos and Ravens and Titans. Ravens and Titans is going to be a very similar game to what the Ravens and, and Browns was. Nice, good defensive game. But I don't think the Ravens – hell, both of these teams got embarrassed this, this past week. The Ravens lost to the Browns. Don't kid yourself. Just because the Browns have won a couple games, that doesn't mean that they're no longer an embarrassing team to lose to. You don't want to lose to the Browns, no matter how you do it. Don't lose to the Browns. So that was an embarrassing game. And then the Titans went out there and had a shit show against the uh, Buffalo Bills, who I personally think you should pick on every week because Josh Allen only had 82 yards passing when you got guys out here throwing for 400 yards on in their second year in the offense so no I am not buying losing to the Buffalo Bills and both of those that's actually going to be a good game in that second half of the um of the NFL games on Sunday the Ravens and Titans so if I had the game of the week in the early go on go around I'm looking at the hmm, Steelers and Bengals. The Steelers need a win, which they got last week, but they need another win. to. They need this win because it's a divisional game, and they still want to show that they they still own that division. And the Bengals are going to be like, uh-uh, this is our vision. We're taking this shit from you. So, once again... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all fantasy football lovers, thank you for tuning in and ride out to the tunes that we got for you this week.